It's the middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, I'm not a big fan. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner. Good afternoon, I'm Anthony Weiner, and thank you for meeting me in the middle an hour every Saturday at 2 when we take some steps away from the hot takes of the far left and the far right and try to bring some context to the news of the week or a subject that doesn't find its way into the middle of the conversation enough. It is official. The dog days of summer are upon us. Emerged off my city bike today to get here, and I was kind of drenched. But it's nice and cool here in the studio. I hope it's cool where you are. I know we won't get much competition from people listening or watching the Mets game. The Mets are fully in their teardown mode. They don't play till this evening, but they they sold off David Robertson in a trade for two teenagers. Yankees got judged back last night and lost to the first place Baltimore Orioles. What is what do those words even mean? Well, it's great to have you along. I'll be here until three o'clock. Then Curtis Lee comes in for left versus right. You can hear us on 77 WABC Radio, 50,000 watts of clear channel. You can always listen to us streaming on WABCradio.com. We have an app that you can get. There's all kinds of ways. And also, if you miss any part of the show, you can always get it as a podcast almost immediately after we go off the air. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222 to call and talk back to the program. Ava's on the board. Christian is taking your calls, and Kevin is supervising. I'm Anthony Weiner. So great to have you along. A propitious and busy week in the Wiener household. I left you a little bit of a cliffhanger last week. Went up to go visit with Jordan at camp. He's 11 half years old. Love that kid more than anything. He's just an amazing kid. But he was struggling a little bit at camp this year. And it started to take a little bit of a physical toll on him. And so we went up for visiting, visiting day last weekend, his mom and I. And uh, that's four weeks of camp, which is more than he, that's what he did last year. And we decided what we're going to do is take him home and get him all checked out because he was having some belly issues. And thank God, the amazing guys and gals over at NYU, Joloda, and the crew over there, they, they all took really good care of him, took a whole bunch of tests, tested out everything under the sun, and he is good to go. I think he's got a little bit of, apprehension about camp we're going to take him back tomorrow so he's going to miss a week and then have two more weeks left and um so this week i've been spending 
with him, and it's just been great. I mean, look, I love the kid. He's just an amazing young man, and he's he's developed now as he, he's got the smart – he he's beautiful like his mom is, but he's got the smart aleck attitude that perhaps I had something to do with, and he's become quite the handful. He's a good little athlete, fun kid, and I'm gonna now I'm not going through it all over again, letting him go back to camp. Uh, that's going on. And for those of you who want to get so many wonderful texts about how to do the thing where I had to pick up some junk food to him to bring him to visiting day, that's the one day they're allowed to get food off campus. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And um, in case you're wondering, Operation Get Him Shake Shack was a fail. We didn't, we didn't do it, but we wound up. My friend Kevin and I, who I met up in Saratoga Springs, we got him the next best thing, Chipotle and whatever, and we were able to get him a shake, shake, shake. All that being said, it was a. It's been a lovely week, and tomorrow we're going to go ahead and um, bring him back. It also was. A, I got to tell you, a crazy week in news. This notion that summer is sleepy for news didn't work out this week. You had the Hunter Biden court hearing, and for all these people who are saying that may, this judge is a hero, this judge is a hero. Let's wait to see what she rules on this thing. But she did ask a really good question. She asked, you know, if if this was the end of the prosecution, does this mean that the investigation's not still going on into some of the stuff? Which was a reasonable question. I assume they meant that everything to do with his laptop and all the evidence that they had. Um, but the prosecution couldn't really answer the question. They think it's kind of a, still an open question. So he didn't get sentenced. So great. More Hunter Biden throughout the week. Um, another very interesting thing happened this week. For those of you who follow my podcast, The Middle Unplugged, we had a great episode this week. Today was, this week we had an episode of some of our greatest calls. It's like a greatest hits episode. It was episode 40. Go listen to it. But, uh, the week before, two weeks before, I did an episode about how upset I was and aggrieved I was that Joe Biden keeps insisting that he doesn't have a seventh grandkid. And lo and behold, yesterday, he put out a statement. I, I'm glad he did, basically acknowledging that seven, uh, um, grandchild. So that was good news. You see the middle unplugged? Anthony Weiner demands it. We get it out of Joe Biden. And the final gigantic piece of news is, man, this documents case against President, former President Trump, it could not – I can't get much worse. How do you get much worse than this, that, that we have evidence that you try to delete the servers – Hillary Clinton, you decide to delete the servers, the same thing that you kept saying over and over again, you should be put in jail for life for. And the but the bigger part of that story, the bigger part of the superseding indictment that came out for Donald Trump is they found the document that he was showing that fateful time that they had him on tape. He kept saying there was no document. There was no document. Well, they've got it now. And they have other people in the room. They're just going to hold up the document says though those four other people or three other people. Was this the document? They're going to say yes. So I don't, I don't know. I really, I'd love to hear the defense. His defense so far has been there was no document. Well, now they found the document. So 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222 is, um, is our phone number. Let's do some of the numbers of the week. Uh, the first number of the week. This is something that we do every week for those of you who are regular listeners. We just kind of pick some numbers out of the, out of the news. Sometimes they're more obscure. Sometimes they make a, Larger point, the U.S. Senate approved a measure Thursday that adds another $676 million to the 9-11 health care fund for first responders and others affected by the September 11th terror attacks. This is 
long overdue. They needed additional funds. I mean, part of the problem is that they're finding more and more ailments that are associated with the stuff that was in the air. And if you remember, the rationale for this health care fund was that a lot of insurance companies were saying, we don't consider this a work environment thing. We don't consider this something that's covered under your insurance. And also, they were making the insurance companies were saying, look, you, we were told, you were told, everyone was told the air was safe down there. So residents moved back in. First responders were on that pile with, like, painter's masks on. And so we are living up to the commitment after – we're living up to the commitment. Hopefully the, the U.S. House goes and follows through. Another number of the week, um, as you know, last month the national inflation rate fell to 3%, which is – their target is 2% at the Fed. The Fed, by the way, now says they do not expect a recession. Man, anyway, we're going to do an episode about Bidenomics at some point, but – Sooner or later, you got to give them credit. The you know you just heard on the Steve Moore show the great news about how well the markets are doing. But the reason this is the number of the week is the number of the week is seven point three. That's the inflation rate in Tampa, St. Pete, and the inflation rate is almost seven six point nine in Miami. I point this out because there is this common conception. That, oh, you know, government can control the inflation rate. Very often they're national and international things. It's fiscal policy that people think controls inflation. No, it's monetary policy, inflation rates, uh, um, interest rates and things like that. And so in Florida, where Ron DeSantis says, I want Florida to be America or America to be Florida, inflation is high there. Now, why is that happening? It's just people are moving there. And so when there's more people moving, there's more people making building repairs, there's more people shopping for food, there's more people putting demands on, prices go up. And so when people say, oh, my God, it's Joe Biden's inflation. Look, if you're going to give people credit for high infla- credit for low inflation, you should take blame for high inflation. Inflation is low nationally. It's low in the United States compared to other parts of the, of the world. But there are parts of our country that are still pretty high in Florida is one of them. And while we're on the Ron DeSantis, another number of the week is 35. Every uh, quarter, there is a poll done in every state by a a polling outfit called Morning Consult where they try to gauge the most popular governors in the country. And number 35 is Ron DeSantis. He's a a 54% positive, 42% negative, a 35. If you're interested in some other local local governors, Kathy Hochul is 44th in the nation in popularity. 51% 51% say they like her, 40% say they don't. That's near the bottom. Phil Murphy, 55% say they like him, 37% say they don't. That's 31. He's almost, you know, he's in, in the middle. And just, and I have done a whole episode about this, about how Phil Scott, a Republican, is the most popular governor in the country, representing one of the most bluest states imaginable, Vermont. He has a 76% popularity, only 22%, and that's basically unanimous. (laughs) You don't get higher than 76% popularity when you're the governor. Another local governor is in the top 10, Ned Lamont of Connecticut, very blue Connecticut, 62% say they favorable view of him and 32% negative. And at the bottom, 45% positive, 39% negative. As you can see, governors are generally more popular than other elected officials. Tina Kotek of Oregon. And so those are some of 
those numbers. And one more fun number, then we'll get into the similar, we'll get into the serious, rather, number of the week. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. By the way, there are other ways to reach me. You can reach me at, at Rep Wiener, R-E-P-W-E-I-N-E-R on Twitter or X, I think it's called now. Anthony D. Wiener on threads. WABC Radio does not have a threads address yet. I think we want to wait to see how that works out before we commit to it. WienerWABC at gmail.com. Those are some other ways that you can reach me. And, of course, as I said, you can always stream it. So the the final number is 20. You get a $20 gift card if you donate $1 to Mayor Francis Suarez, who is running for president of the United States. He's the mayor of Miami. I'm going to do that number again since it might make little sense to you. If you give him a dollar, he will send you a $20 Visa gift card. (laughs) Why is he doing that? The reason he's doing that is that in order to get on the debate stage for the Republicans, and I think it's coming up in August, you have to have a certain number of donors from all 50 states. And so first it was this guy Burnham, I want to say his name is, or Burgum, the mayor, the mayor, the governor of North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota. Actually, let me look up how popular he is. Burnham, 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 Where is he? He's not bad. He's near the top. He's near the middle. Let's say 57 positive, 20. He started this idea, and now you can do it. So go on to Mayor Suarez's Website, and you can give them a dollar, you get $20 back, you make 19 bucks on the deal. And those are our numbers of the week. Now, for the final group of numbers, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to talk a little bit about this idea of whether or not we are being censored too much in what we say. Or on the other hand, is there too much stuff being said out there that's dangerous, that's violent, that's discriminatory, that's racist. Which is it? We seem to have people on both sides of this divide. And just in time for this conversation, Pew Research has come up with some numbers of the week for themselves. And what they did is they asked people a question. They said, the U.S. government should take steps to restrict false information online, even if it limits freedom of information. That's one, uh, you can say that, or you can choose the U.S. government, freedom of information should be protected, even if it means false information can be published. And then they ask the same things about tech companies. And so I'll repeat it. Tech companies should take steps to restrict false information online, even if it limits freedom of information. And the other side of the coin that you can answer is freedom of information should be protected, even if it means false information can be published. Basically, it's two sides of the same coin. Do you believe that, first of all, the U.S. government and then tech companies, do you think that they should be restricting false information online? Or do you think that we should let it be published um, because its freedom of information should be permitted, protected. And they've asked this question, they asked in 2018, 
They asked in 2021, and they asked it again just recently. In June 5th through the 11th, a survey of U.S. adults, 5th through 11th, 2023. And when we come back from the break, think about it for a minute, where you come down on this. And again, it's two entities. One is the U.S. government, and one is tech companies. And your, your choices are for each one that the, those entities should take steps to restrict false information online, even if it limits freedom of information, or two, freedom of information should be protected even if it means false information can be published, U.S. government and the tech company. And we'll get back with some of the results. And also, not surprising to any of you how that breaks down according to what party you're a member of. This is Anthony Weiner. This is The Middle. We're talking about censorship on this network where censorship is never welcome. Well, I can't say never, but usually not. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. It's The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Look forward to, you to, to listen. <laughs> I'm rusty. Seeing you on the other side of the break. This is the middle with Anthony Weiner, seventy seven WABC. That's Sinead O'Connor, the late Sinead O'Connor, bringing us back in. We're going to be doing music from 1990. That was one of the bigger hits of 1990. I went back to take a look. It was third at the end of the year of the longest time. I don't know how they do the Billboard Hot 100, but it was number three. It was not a great year for music. She is going to be missed. i I be honest. I did not. I remember vividly the whole Saturday Night Live thing. I had a difficult time. I was trying to describe it to Jordan this weekend, and I had a little difficult time remembering what it was about. I, I remember how visceral the out, the outrage was, but I think now her protest is uh, is aging a little better. All right, so we're talking a little bit about censorship, and, and I told you about a Pew Research survey that, that came out this week. And the reason that I, I, I was prompted to bring this up is one of the mantras you hear sometimes on conservative outlets and even on places – like Twitter and in my mail is this word censorship. Why is the right being censored, et cetera? And I've tipped, I've tipped my hand a little bit by saying that that's what people say. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. But as we're, I just want to explain one thing that I think most people would understand from the question that only the U.S. government can censor somebody. There's no First Amendment on Facebook. There's no First Amendment on WABC radio. There's no First Amendment on Twitter, X, whatever it's, I can't believe he's destroying that brand that way, <laughs> on X. Only the government can, you, you, the, 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 your Bill of Rights is, is your protection against your government. 
And so if you're running a tech company and you think it's bad business to have a lot of people, you know, having Hitler memes on it, you can go ahead and ban those people or ban that stuff. If you think it's bad business to have people lying about COVID or lying about the presidential election and you want to ban it, that's your right. You're running a company. You're you're trying to sell advertising. You know, Coca-Cola does not want to be cheek to jowl with a with tweets about, you know, denying the Holocaust. But there is this idea out there that maybe you're maybe that's too much. Maybe that 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 some voices are not getting heard as much. I know that that's what Elon Musk thinks. That's why when he came to Twitter, he said, oh, free speech is going to be an absolute here, which is complete baloney. He's been limiting access to Twitter in China, wherever the Chinese government asks him. He's doing it like he's just a phony. But putting that aside, I'm going to read you some of the numbers around this because it's interesting. 55% say the U.S. government should take steps to restrict false information online, even if it limits freedom of information. 42% say no, freedom of information should be protected. 55 is higher than it was. It's going up. It was 39 in 2018. It's now 55. Tech companies, 65% say that they should restrict false information online, even if it limits free freedom of information. And only 32% said freedom of information should be protected, even if it means that false information should be published. By pretty decent margins, Americans believe that you, we should take steps to make sure that people aren't putting information online that is not true. Then if you ask a question about extremely violent content, think about that for a minute. What if the question is freedom of information should be protected even if it means extremely violent content can be published? Only 38% say that. 60% say the U.S. government should take steps to restrict extremely violent contact, and 71% say tech companies. So what what am I pointing out? What I'm pointing out is when people complain about too much censorship, most Americans are answering the question, no, we need even more than we have. But as with everything else in today's world, and we like to focus on this stuff on the middle because you wonder if there is, if there are middle grounds on this, Democrats are more likely to answer by far the question in favor of some form of limits on freedom of information. So Democrats are much more supportive than Republicans on restricting false information online. Democrats and those who lean Democrats, 70% say that the U.S. government should take steps to restrict false information online. 28% say they should not. And among Republicans, it's it's reversed. 39% say they should. 59% say they should and so where does this come from? It probably comes from this idea that has been perpetuated a lot of places that tech companies are trying to help Democrats and they're run by progressives, they're run by liberals. And since the government in this question would be the Biden administration, it kind of makes some sense. But in 2021, the numbers were even more extreme and among Republicans. In 2021, 70% said the freedom of information should be protected even if it means false information can be published. So there's a lot more skepticism on the right of government overreach on speech. It used to be something the left and right were pretty closely aligned on. 
But now it's become much more a bugaboo of the right than a bugaboo of the left. So there you are. So now, where am I on this stuff? I am in the camp that says that by and large there are enough resources out there that people can find information to find out what the truth is and what the truth is not. But I can tell you I don't want people being able to go online and 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 provoke violence. I don't want people I don't want foreign governments go using our social media companies as a way to undermine our country and our democracy. I don't want social media companies um uh, um uh, uh promoting hate. And I also don't believe that everything I read on Twitter is right. I mean, I don't I think that there are plenty of resources that we can try to get to the truth. Now, I've said a thousand times. I think things like banning the Hunter Biden laptop story was wrong. You can't take the New York Post off of line as screwed up as they are. And I do I do have mistrust in the federal government being in charge of any of this stuff. You know, when they came down, the court ruling came down the other day that said that the Biden administration couldn't contact social media companies. I, I was not nearly as alarmed by that ruling as some of my friends on the left were. I, I am uneasy about the idea of the president's administration strong-arming a social media company. But when we get back, we're going to hear some calls. So the board is full up with people who want to talk about this. We're going to start out with Lou in Queens. But, you know, we're first going to get to some, some – um, we're going to get to a break – and also, I wanted to tell you about this. I hope we get to this story. Perhaps the craziest thing Congress has done in quite some time, um, it was a fight over Abe Lincoln, of all things, and we can't even agree on that. I'll tell you what I mean when we get back after the break. It's the middle. Thanks for thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. I know this pain. Why do you lock yourself up in these chains? No one can change your life except for you. Don't ever let anyone step all over you. And welcome back to the middle. I'm Anthony Weider. That's Wilson Phillips. In case you're wondering, that was the number one song in 1990. The year Sinead O'Connor had her had her big hit. Trying the best I can to come up with a theme for it. that's what we're going to have. We'll have one more break, one more one more 1990 hit. By the way, just in, you know, talk about censorship. This week, you know, on, on the radio, it's it's very different. You know, we have callers that come in. We have some control over what gets said, but. Salem radio host this week, Charlie Kirk, called for President Biden to either be, quote, put in prison or, quote, given the death penalty for crimes against America. Like, I mean, look, if I said there should be the death penalty for a Republican, you know, that's Salem radio, which is a competitor of ours. They do their religious radio. 
you know, to say you should wish the president dead, that's a bit much. That's a bit. So let's go to some calls. A lot of folks have been waiting to get onto the board. I said we would start with Lou in Queens. Hey, Lou, thank you for hanging on. Anthony, thanks for taking your call. Um, I just wanted to mention something concerning freedom of speech. Uh, I've written several levels, uh, letters to a, a local newspaper, and sometimes the editors put in a little note saying, well, I was wrong about this or wrong about that. I think this is a model on what the uh, Internet should do as far as postings go. They should, If somebody does a cracked-up posting, uh, they should say, editors note, uh, this is not quite correct, and so forth and so on, instead of censoring it. And I think that would be more powerful. Uh, as far as censorship goes, uh, my main two points have been, I am very disturbed. Uh, the Wall Street Journal recently uh, uh, published a piece, and this was uh, called the COVID Lab Leak Deception on 727-23 which basically said that the government really didn't want to accuse China of causing this virus with a lab leak. And let's remember, for a year, both Facebook and Twitter, very main sources of media, censored any debate, any criticism of the fact that it did not occur naturally and that it could have very possibly been a lab leak. Number two is Hunter Laptop's computer, where supposedly 27 intelligence agents said it was a Russian plant. So it was 50. It, it was 50. It, it was totally, over. It, yeah. It was over 50. I'm just because you're correcting the numbers. Over 50 intelligence agents thought that. But go ahead. And it proved to be totally people that were probably pressured into doing so without any real knowledge of what happened. So this scares me. Because this is something the Soviet Union and Red China would do as far as censorship. Well, let me just say this. So, Lou, you've given two different ideas here. And one, and I really appreciate the call. It's for a lot of thought you put into it. One is this idea where you can put an editor's note. Frankly, a lot of social media sites are trying to do something like that. But the problem with social media is it's unmediated in a lot of cases. Twitter famously has gotten rid of all its mediation. People like the problem is, 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 you know, if you're running a newspaper, it's a little bit easier. You're deciding what letter you're going to publish and you can put, you can write back on it. The second example that you gave though, you know, the Hunter Biden thing, well, the third example is Hunter Biden thing instead of the lab leak. The lab leak thing, and I did a whole podcast about this. I think there's, there's evidence on both sides. Frankly, there, you can go do the research yourself. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's conclusive. More government agencies have come down on the side of it coming from, um, from a, a, a wet market. That's where they've come from in the past, et cetera. I don't know. I, I don't consider myself an expert. There's, there's a, a, a division on that. I think that we should try to get all the information we can. As far as Hunter Biden thing, we've talked about this 8,000 times, 50 some odd intelligence agencies trying to help out the Biden campaign. I think that's absolutely the case, but they very clearly did say in their letter, we don't have access to the laptop. We don't have any firsthand knowledge. We don't know this. We are just saying it has the earmarks of it. I didn't think that was a terrible example of a reasonable letter for someone to write, and we as consumers can figure it out. The mistake that got made 
is when Twitter for an extended period of time and Facebook for a brief period of time said we're not going to allow the New York Post to circulate this story <laughs> on our platforms. That was nuts. That was just wrong. But, um, you know, that's that, that's the problem is that – but these are none of the – you know, government saying here's what we think happened and pushing a line – is going to happen in every administration. That's why you have a free and vibrant media. It's when they start controlling, they start trying to put their finger on the scale and controlling what gets reported. That's where it gets to the problem. But, Lou, thank you very much for calling. Please call us again. Um, next, let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Hey, Larry, thanks for calling. Yeah, Anthony, first, what I wanted to say that, um, you know, you seem a little bit hypocritical. You talk about... Uh, uh, Elon Musk and Donald Trump being uh, hi- hypocrites, but you you would be the first one for socialized medicine and probably for Obamacare too, um, and nationwide coverage. And yet you take your son out of camp for a bellyache and he would be here for a week. I mean, no, this is this is disgusting. Okay, because. First of all, you're not doing anything for the kid's character. Oh, okay? you don't know. Jim. No, what do you know? No, what do you know, Larry? I got to tell you, I'll take your advice on a lot of things. I'm not going to take your advice on how to care for my son. Listen, I went to sleepaway camp for eight years. Oh, so you have a my lot of parents- experience. You have a lot of experience with with taking care of my son. Larry, do, well, anyone else? Hey, Larry, Larry, we have about 15, 20 million people in our listening audience. Anyone else you want to give them advice on caring those kids? You know, this is the problem with conservatives. They're so full of it when it comes to controlling what other people do. It is so funny. It's so consistent with, oh, women can't take care of themselves. Let's go make a decision for their reproductive rights. Oh, we can't, you know, we, we, we have to go tell people what they have to do. Like Larry's giving me advice on how to care for Jordan and what that has to do with, with socialized medicine. By the way, if we had true single payer socialized medicine, if we had a true version of that, there wouldn't be taking people out of anywhere and putting them into everywhere, anywhere, because healthcare would be distributed evenly throughout the country, evenly among classes, evenly among people. It wouldn't be the kind of thing that we think that we have to go get a specialist. And by the way, where did we wind up going to a frickin' emergency room? Because that's the, that's what, what our insurance company said you should do. Larry giving me advice on taking care of taking care of Jordan. Appreciate it, Larry. But you can I think we got this covered. Um next let's go to Adam and Mineola. Go ahead, Adam. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you, brother? All right. Larry don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but anyway, I'm talking about this the freedom of speech thing. And I just want to know from you, when when Rudy Giuliani started talking about uh, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, uh, and then he pulled back and switched up and said that, you know, he lied or he he wasn't true what he said about those two ladies. Um, and not because not because he's just getting sued for defamation, or I mean, like, what's the freedom of speech? I mean, why did he pull back if he was so uh uh confident of what he said about those ladies? Well, so, Adam, Adam, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. I mean, look, first of all. Rudy is has his own show. He's, every day he's on the air here. You can call. You can call and ask him. But in the case of Rudy and the case, right, we have a legal structure around that where there are courts. It's an adversarial proceeding. You can. I think it's a civil matter between him and those people, and that's and that's the system working. 
The problem with censorship, getting back to that issue, the problem with censorship is if the federal government says to a company of any sort, we want you to do A, B, or C, it becomes very hard for them not to do it. Now, they don't have any, and that's why when the so-called Twitter files came out, and people are like, oh, my God, the federal government ordered Twitter to take something down. They never did. All they did is say, listen, here's the information we have of attacks that are going on against your platform and against the United States government coming through your platform. But I think it's reasonable. I'm kind of, you know, I think it's reasonable to be concerned when the federal government tries to put their finger on something. But if you want to ask Rudy a question, Rudy does not duck. He, he, he won't duck your question. He will, he will take it and he will talk about it and he frequently does on his show. Um, next let's go to Douglas in Queens. Hey Douglas, thank you for calling. Yeah, really briefly, uh, concerning Trump and the third indictment, I think that the more that the feds pile on and these various, uh, quote-unquote, law enforcement agencies uh, pile on with regard to uh, fake indictments and accusatory instruments, the more transparent it becomes that this is a political effort to take down Trump. And let it, let it serve as a lesson uh, to any private citizen observing this behavior on the part of the courts, the judiciary, Justice Department, etc., that the same way they're going after Trump, for political purposes, it goes back to what you were saying about censoring speech, the same way they're going to target private citizens. Doug, can I ask you a question about that, though? If he is guilty of doing the things in the charge, should he be prosecuted? Yes. Okay. But, so, but, so, so, so in that case, what's the concern? He has a, he, he, all he was done, by the way, it was a grand jury in, wait for it, Florida. That's like, it's hard to say that that's a, that's a, a red state and a red part of the state that handed up. Let's just wait and see what the trial shows. I mean, if it shows that he didn't do these things, he has, he has the most powerful bully pulpit imaginable, can afford any lawyer under the sun. If he didn't do these things, but I got to tell you, if what he did in the indictment, he did, what if if the if the, the activities that are accused in the indictment he did, he should be prosecuted. Douglas in Queens agrees, and Anthony from Brooklyn agrees. Can I? Am I still on? You are. Okay. So that being said, if guilty, yes, but if not, it just simply demonstrates that it's a continuing history. I mean, this is not a one-off, by the way. The FBI and the Justice Department, as well as local enforcement agencies, and I have to put that word in quotes, have a history, documented history, of targeting people for political I reasons. I 100%, Douglas. I don't, I don't disagree with that. And I've said on these airwaves a thousand times, Doug, that, yes, both left and right should agree, giving the FBI, giving the, the, the federal government too much power. I was prosecuted in, in, um, in, in, the, in the Trump administration. I get it. And just the same way that the police have a documented history of of practices that disproportionately target African-Americans. Yes, whenever you give someone a badge, we should both left and right be very, very, very skeptical of that power. But. But as someone who is pro law enforcement as I am, if the charges against the president that are in these indictments are true, he should be prosecuted. Just because he was president, just because he's a Republican. And this was a special prosecutor that was, that was, that was created so there wouldn't be political interference. It was handed up by a Florida grand jury and he said he didn't have a document. Now they found the document. He said he didn't have the boxes and they have the doc, the boxes. They have texts for, for saying the boss wants us to, 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 to wipe the server. If these things are true, they're crimes and we can't say it's not a crime just because we like the guy. 
Yes, I 100% agree. We should be super, super skeptical all the time whenever we give someone a badge. That goes to the local beat cop. That goes to the FBI. That goes to the attorney general. That goes to the head of the FBI. That that announces an investigation. They're not going to have. They're not going to have an indictment of Hillary Clinton. He announced that for the first time in the history of the FBI. They had a press conference to announce they're not going to indict. And then they reopen an investigation to, into, into that. The head of the FBI announces 10 days bef- before the election or whatever it is, stuff they found at Anthony Weiner's laptop that they had for a month and knew it was duplicate. They then announced that 10 days before the election. Yes, these these government agents are not superhumans. We should be very skeptical. They screw, they screw around in politics way too much. But if Donald Trump did what he's accused of in these indictments, and we can all go read the indictments, then he should be prosecuted. That's something the left and right should agree upon if he did it. Now, if he didn't do it, there is nobody better equipped on earth than defeating these charges in the state of Florida than a guy who claims to be a billionaire. It turns out he's like, doesn't have that much money, but he claims to be a billionaire. He can hire any lawyer under the sun. He had all the advantages that I didn't have. I didn't have a bully pulpit. I didn't have unlimited whatever. And by the way, I accept full responsibility for the things that I did. Yes, these guys are heavy handed. They came to me and said, you are going to take this deal and agree that these facts happen. Or we are going to charge you and probably convict you for a sentence three times as long with a mandatory minimum. About as heavy handed as you can imagine. I'm with you. Left and right should both agree that when we give agents a badge, we got to keep, we got to watch them like a hawk. That's true of the lowest beat cop to the highest attorney general. We agree on that stuff. So when we come back from the, from a brief break. I want to tell you about a funny thing that happened. Let's finish on a light note. A funny thing that happened in Washington this week that you're going to leave you all of us. Left and right is going to be scratching their head about this one. It's Anthony Weiner. It's the middle. So great to have you along. Finding new ways to make change. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all this happened, Anthony Weir, he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC. the middle is Phil Collins, another hit from 1990. It wasn't a great year for music, but Sinead O'Connor had her big hit that year. All right, so let's end on a little bit of a lighter note. I don't know what to make of it. Okay, I do know what to make of this. This is just silliness in Washington. So the Veterans Administration in Washington, which provides health care for veterans and their families, they have a 
a, a, a slogan that is, it's on the front of the building. I think it's on their letterhead. And it's a line from Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address. And it says, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan. It's a great line. It's from the second inaugural address. But over the course of time, obviously, all of those references to his widow and his orphan um, are no longer have not kept up with the times. Now, the Veterans Administration cares for a lot of combat veterans and veterans of all stripes who are women. So they wanted to update. I think you probably see what they see where this is going. So they've wanted to update their 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 slogan and they announced they were going to do it. They did a survey of like 30,000 veterans and they whatever. They did a whole kind of like a remodeling operation. And here's what they came up with. It was chosen by the VA. And it here here it is. Quote, to fulfill President Lincoln's promise to care for those who have served in our nation's military and for their families, caregivers and survivors. Nice, right? Oh, no. <laughs> Last week. In the Veterans Administration's funding bill for the coming year, the partisan Congress, which is, you know, it's very closely, it's very closely, um, it's very closely Democrat, Republican, Republicans control it by about four votes now. By a vote of 221 to 212, they passed a bill saying that you can't do this. I guess because it's an offense to Lincoln or something. Um, and that if Lincoln were here today, he would object. You've got to be kidding me. You, I mean, you've got, cannot, can we at least agree that if Abe Lincoln were here today, I am sure, and he knew that there were women in the military. So Chip Roy of Texas, here's his explanation. He says, quote, it's a historic quote. The fact is that we should not use taxpayer dollars to allow this administration to unilaterally change the VA's historic motto and erase the words of Clinton to appeal the radical left and advance yet another of their cultural revisionist efforts. Okay, first of all, this was 30,000 veterans that they did this survey of to come up with this and advocacy groups. And most prominently, Iraqi and Afghanistan war veterans of America. People, I mean, everyone participated. And the idea was like we should honor the caregivers and the spouses and the husbands and the kids. You know, not just the look. I get it. We're constantly looking for boogeymen, and the you know we're constantly looking for signs of whatever woke or whatever it is. But sometimes you just do stuff to update stuff based on history. And I don't know Abe Lincoln. He and I have never had a conversation about this. But I like to think that if he indeed was giving his second inaugural address today, he would acknowledge the fact that there are women in the military. He would acknowledge the fact that there are caregivers out there, you know, who are taking care of those that come back. He would honor the idea that if you want to honor our veterans, you don't, everything doesn't have to be a political dodgeball or time bomb or whatever the metaphor is. So we'll see. And you might be wondering, well, how much can it possibly cost to change? I don't know. It's a couple of million, but I don't know. They got to change their stationery. They got to take down the plaque out front of the, the VA. And, and it's not like they said goodbye, President Lincoln. They said to fulfill 
President Lincoln's promise to care for those who have served in our nation's military and for their families, caregivers, and survivors. So as we wrap up today an episode of The Middle, um, I hope that we can all, whatever the slogan is, I hope we all honor those that have served in our nation's military and for the family and caregivers and survivors that are uh, helping to care for them and to the Veterans Administration. I wish them Godspeed, and we're keeping them in your in our thoughts on this warm summer day. It's so great to have you along once again on The Middle. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner.